Equipping speakers to make an impact. It's the Key 5 Podcast. For speakers, by speakers. With your host, Robert Ferguson. Welcome to the Key 5 Podcast. For speakers, by speakers. For show notes and to get free stuff, go to key5podcast.com. Today, we're talking with Stephen Scoggins, an entrepreneur who went from homelessness to building multi-million dollar businesses and is now a master life strategist who delivers presentations that are transformational. Let's get started. So, Stephen, tell me, how did you get started in the speaking business? Oh, I'd be glad to. Well, first, thank you so much for having me on, my friend. Holy cow. You guys got the, quite the momentum going with over there at Key 5. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, you know, I, I got started, um, uh, I would say happenstance. I was uh, doing immersion coaching uh, with uh, my friends at Ramsey Solutions, uh, who do a wonderful job at their Entree Leadership Program. And I had been building myself in businesses for, for about, I don't know, probably 10 or 15 years by that point, and kind of got started in the, in, by accident in many ways. I was sitting across the, the table from a guy named John Falcons, uh, who's one of their main coaching people there. And he looked at me across the table and said, Stephen, have you ever thought about being a speaker? And I was like, um, no, I've never really thought about it, honestly, um, you know, kind of deal. And uh, we proceeded to have a very quick lunch with their, with their main contact there, uh, Jeremy uh, Breland, trying to get us uh, kind of an impromptu meeting, if you will. And, you know, it, I didn't end up going to speak for the Ramseys. I, uh, I ended up uh, kind of moving on and, and still had a lot of business to kind of operate. And just wasn't the right season of life for that moment in time. But uh, from then, I started having all kinds of doors open up. And, you know, about speaking and, and, you know, and really kind of sharing my story and that story morphed into life lessons. The life lessons morphed into transformational lessons and the transformational lessons merged into transformation for people. So that's how it all got started, my friend. Well, that's awesome. And having heard you speak both just on the stage, but then even just recently at one of your conferences, you are dynamic, you're amazing. And as we talk to many of our uh, guests on this podcast, we often learn the most from our mistakes. Uh, So as a professional speaker, what's some of the biggest mistakes you've made? I think the the biggest mistake you can make is not, not practicing at all. There's a, there's definitely a, um, um, uh, a trait, if you will, on really transformational-based speaking or dynamic speaking. Uh, it does come from a certain gift. It does come from a certain place. However, one of the things that you, you can make a mistake on is just to rely solely on your gift. You know, you should rely on your gift, but you should also, also back up that gift with more information as a way to pull it from the crowd. You know, I try to look at the eyes and I try to look at the people in the crowd. I try to look and see their responses. I'm watching for smiles and tears and head nods and, you know, are they, are they connected? You know, and, and I'll actually do this while I'm speaking. If, if I don't see connection, I'll change my approach altogether. I'll, I'll tell a different story or something like that. But unless you have taken the time to kind of think through some of those stories ahead of time, you're not going to be able to pull from them. So my, my first big lesson I learned was not to just get up on stage and just start speaking. It's got to come from someplace. So <laughs> I recommend everybody getting some, you know, some, some basic underground, basic framework of how you're going to speak. I think the other thing, uh, if I can add one to it, is mm-hmm. be you. Be you. Because there's, there are so many different types of speakers, and they're all gifted in their own lane. I'm never going to be the, 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 the guy that can, that can give you all kinds of details and frameworks and structures and stuff like that. I'm the guy who, who, who's brought in to help make the mind shift. 
help make the spirit shift in a, in a degree. However, I've got great friends of mine that are really, really good about facilitation style speaking. I mean, they're, they're just great teachers of a specific topic where I'm more broad, more visionary, more theological in, in some respects. Now, I want to make sure people get, get the, the nuts and bolts, but you know, those, both of those things are really super important. So be you and also get a basic framework in which you can speak from. That's awesome. And Stephen, I, I realize there's different kinds of speakers, clearly some who just, they know their material and they go up to present their material. It sounds like you're very flexible and dynamic, even while you're on stage. Yes. I think you have to be because let's face it. What you really want to do as a speaker is you're trying to can help people connect the dots. So uh, a good friend of mine, Chris Lacroto actually told me, um, in fact, I, when I first got that uh, original uh, quasi offer from the Ramsey Solutions, one of the things that my good friend, I had coffee with my, Chris, my good friend of mine, Chris Lacroto, who was, uh, we were at a coffee shop in Franklin, Tennessee. And I asked him, I said, well, man, what do I do? He, he says, Stephen, if you want to be really good at speaking, focus on what you, they need to hear, not what you want to say. And the only way you can do that is by staying connected to the audience, actually not taking the stage as a way to bring a limelight to yourself, but rather taking the stage to draw light and attention to something that person in attendance needs to look at. Wow. So here's my big question then for your style of speaking, which is very powerful. How do you prepare for an upcoming speech knowing it's going to be flexible? Well, you know, one of the things that I'll do is like when I've, I'll give you a transform you online, the one we are transform you live. We just did the event uh, about a week ago and we've, we're still getting emails and text messages about the impact it's making. And one of the things that I did specifically there is I actually just wrote tell story. So there's a, my foot monitor just says, tell tell the story. Um, and one of the stories, for example, was one sentence that said, tell, tell the story of the CHE's creation, my first flagship company. It was just one sentence. But that one sentence took me into an entire story, which I could craft and build while I'm there on stage watching the eyebrows. You know, I'm, I'm looking to, to breed in or build in color and clarity, uh, the sounds that I hear, the, the things that I see, the, the, all of the aspects that make your human existence kind of come to, come to light. And if I find that if you can paint a really good picture, it draws the audience in so you can deliver the points that they need to hear. It's not, see, the, the points by themselves will not speak to the audience. The story by itself won't speak to the audience, but will speak to the audience is telling a story that can drive home a point that they need for their own life. Does that make sense? It does. So just even on that story, because I've heard you tell it of the formation of CHE, mm -hmm. do you tell that story always the same way or does it change depending on the audience? It, it changes every time, but not with the facts. The facts are the facts, but for whatever reason, I kept, from time to time, I may, I may remember, like I'll give you an example, what transferred me live. I remember the color and the clarity uh, for the steps that I walked up just before the litter box moment. Sometimes I leave out those stairs altogether just because it, for whatever reason, it didn't pop in my mind at that moment. Um, however, when I was talking about the, the building of CHE, describing the type of van that my dad opened the door to, what color it was, uh, what year it was, was it rusty, was it, was it brand new, uh, did it have hubcaps missing? All of those things paint a picture in the audience's mind and allow them to join you on your journey. That's brilliant. Uh, that makes so much sense to me. <laughs> so I, I don't know if you actually would say you have a speaking business, but how are you promoting so you can get in front of more people? Uh, as many speakers are trying to obviously get in front of more audiences. What are you doing, Stephen? 
Well, I'll tell you what, you know, what's di- I think what's different for me is I'm creating my stage. Uh, a lot of speakers are trying to get to stages, meaning they're, they're, they're getting bought on by seminars and conferences and things of that nature. And my specific style of message has a specific audience. These are people who are desperately searching uh, to grow themselves, uh, grow, grow from years of adversity, develop businesses, for example, uh, from hard times, uh, bootstrappers, if you will, uh, people that um, are trying to overcome their, their childhood traumas or their, their young adulthood traumas, mistakes that they've made. So what we did specifically is uh, I started with the USO a long time ago, kind of speaking for them on a regular basis on conflict alone, for example. Mm-hmm. Well, that led me to Transform You Live. We, we began to understand that my unique contents concept um, was very specialized. And what happened was, is the more I spoke on our own platform, the more I spoke for the USO and the more I spoke for very, various trade unions, for example, the more people heard of me. And the more people that hear about you and identify with what you say and how you say it and how it's received and believe in your message, believe in you, you're going to find the doors open up. Now, I've got good friends of mine who are actively paying their way on various speaking uh, platforms, if you will. So there, there are places you can speak for free, um, such as ICU Talks uh, is, is a great place. It's a faith-based uh, talking con- or platform. Um, if you have a great story with a great message, they'll put you in front of an audience. In in the grand scheme of things, as long as your your message is pure and your motive and your motives are pure, you know. So there there are definitely there's some there are some free things um, that you have to do. You have to you kind of have to earn your talent and your keep. You can't start out day one making five, six, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars for a one hour keynote. Mm-hmm. You may have to start out speaking for free. People in the audience can sense you, see you, and then refer you to other people. And then the more the busier you are as a speaker, that's how you know when it's time to raise your speaking fees. So if, I, if I'm booked for 100 keynotes a year, then that gives me a pretty good understanding that it's, if I want to see my family, I may raise my speaking fee to make sure my family's taken care of, but I may only speak 50 times a year because my, fee, my speaking fee went up. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So there's, a, there's, a, there's a mathematical balance as well as getting out there and getting started. It's never too late to start. You're going to learn something new about your speaking style and everything that will tell you your unique qualities as a speaker as you continue to shape that up but you have to get on a stage and start speaking. Key five, for example, was a fantastic platform uh, in which to, it forces you to make a message concise to get it down in five minutes. And it's a fantastic platform to share your gifts with other speakers and get feedback from other speakers as well as the key five organization itself. It's also a great way to be able to get uh, footage for yourself and to understand where you, where are you exactly at? A good friend of mine told me one time, he said, record yourself speaking and then turn off the sound. And see what, see what your body language is like. You know? Then he said, all right, now I want you to turn on the sound, but don't look at the picture. What, and, and, you, and you can kind of take, get your takeaways from there. What do I need to do? How do I need to shift? How do I need to grow? Brilliant. I love you. You've given us more uh, nuggets to ponder on in just a few minutes, Stephen. That's just brilliant. So as, as we start to wrap up here on our interview, is there uh, one key takeaway or recommendation that you would offer to our listeners? I would say this much. If you feel desperately in your heart and your soul that you have a message that this world needs, then don't stop at anything until you're sharing it. Don't stop at anything. There are certain, uh, you, will, you will face adversities as a speaker. You'll face, uh, speaking is a very competitive market from what I can, what I can see with my own two eyes. It's not something that's, um, that is for the faint of heart, but it's for those who desperately have a message that needs to be shared. And you'll know that when I, as soon as I said that, that sentence, I have a message that has to be shared. 
as soon as I said that, it already jumped in your spirit. And if that happened, when I, when I mentioned that, then it's time for you to start speaking. Wow. That was brilliant. Thanks, Stephen. This has been great. And as we like to say to our listeners, we'll see you on the stage. Now let's hear what Alan Hoffler has for us in our Millswick Minute. Today's speaking tip is about what happens when it's all lecture and no interaction. It amazes me that people mimic behaviors that they don't like. It's perplexing, really. When I ask audiences what makes a good speaker, interaction is near the top of their list. But when I watch speakers, very few of them actually interact with their audience. The reason is probably explained by the fact that it's easier to give a lecture than to prepare an interactive session. And it's much easier to stay in control than to risk letting an audience speak. But what works for the audience? Aren't they worth that effort? Take the time to prepare interaction in your speeches. I'm Alan Hoffler, and this is your Millswick Minute. Thanks, Alan. My goal is to create a sense of interaction on these podcasts through my interviewing of other speakers. But I also love it when listeners tell me what they like, don't like, and suggested topics for future podcasts. So on our next Key 5 podcast, I'll be interviewing Karin Weiberg, a writer and editor who works with speakers to publish their books and is now also a speaker herself. I hope you can join us. To listen to all of our podcasts and learn more about our guests, go to key5podcast.com. That's K-E-Y and the number five, podcast.com. And remember to enter your name for a chance to win a copy of Alan's book, Presentation Sin. At the end of every month, we're giving away a book. So go to key5podcast.com today. Thanks for listening. This podcast was produced by your local studio. For more, go to key5podcast.com. Thank you.